All right. Welcome back to the Prospecting Show. Today is December 10th and we got uh, my good friend here, James Sullivan from 17Tech. How are you? Good. How are you, Connor? I'm good, man. So, you know, to, to kind of start off the episode here, everybody who listens to the show, they kind of hear the same segment that I talk about at the beginning, which is the format of the show, past, present, and future uh, for all the entrepreneurs and small business owners that, that come on the show. So before we go backwards and talk about your past, tell us about who you are, your company, and what you guys do. Yeah. So I'm James. I'm the founder of 17Tech. We're a mobile app and software development agency for early stage startups, C to Series A. We work primarily in productivity, healthcare, ed tech, and nonprofit spaces. Awesome. And and so for the people who listen, I, I know there's there's a bunch of different types of development and people who do different tech work. So give us like your your kind of niche, if you would. You talked about a little bit of the different kind yeah. of industries, but what makes you guys different? Like where's the focus, right? There's web development, there's like these marketing and SEO type companies, there's, you know, t- uh, actual application development. Like where do you guys fall? Yeah, so we're mostly uh, UX, UI, and actual app development. So we're doing the designs, we're doing the development, um, but really for early stage startups. So when you're launching your first product, when you're launching your first company, um, or maybe you're a serial entrepreneur, but you just don't have the technical team, that's our niche. So we're helping those people, um, unlike most agencies, like you just mentioned, some of them are more focused on Fortune 500 companies. But to me, I really didn't see too many agencies focus on the people who are starting. Got it. And, and so for the companies that, you know, usually work with you, they're probably going through like a pre-seed or seed or maybe a series A, depending on, you know, the size that they actually are. Like these people, what what are the problems that they have? Is it that they don't want to bring people in house? Like tell us a little bit about why they would come to someone like you after they've raised some money. Yeah. So they might not have someone technical on staff. I would say that's that's a big one that we that we deal with a lot. Um, they come to us because maybe they just raised, like you like you said, a seed and they have you know, 500,000. They have enough to get the product going, but they don't have enough to hire, you know, New York price engineers. So they're going to come to us where we can staff um, and, and build out uh, a bigger team for them, essentially for the same price as maybe like one full-time engineer. We also have the expertise on our end. So we have the project managers, designers, developers, and we're helping you build that software development lifecycle. Yeah. And so if we wind it backwards, right, and kind of talk about the the genesis of this, right? Like you obviously have a, a niche and a focus on what you're doing, but why did you get into this business? Like what was the problem that you saw or how did that start to, to get to where you are today? Yeah. So in my early 20s, I launched an educational tech platform and I outsourced most overseas. Um, and I because I didn't, it was my first time getting into tech, I didn't really know how to manage the project and we ripped through our runway. So we were left in a really tough position by outsourcing our core product, right? Which is a technology company. And so that's where I'm realizing as I'm doing this and I'm running through these issues, I'm like so many people I know in my network are running through these same issues. They're trying to build a startup. You know, they don't have the, quite the funds to build an in-house team, but they're outsourcing and they're getting crushed, right? And I'm like, there's such a need here for a, an agency who's just focused on this, who's able to help these these people. And so that's where I, you know, uh, came with, you know, how do we restructure this company into maybe an agency and take on some work? And we did it to help with revenue at the time and things like that. But we're like, there's such a problem here. So many founders are getting burned. They don't know how to manage projects. Let's be that onshore team that can help them. Yeah. And, and so when these companies are coming up with an idea and they don't have an MVP yet, what does that process look like with you guys? Right. So like they, they've raised some money, they have a good on paper idea. Maybe they're, maybe they're pre-money still, you know, I guess mm-hmm. there's some people that, that have an idea and someone's willing to invest 500, maybe a million into that idea, but it hasn't been built yet. 
How do you actually roadmap something like that? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a lot of strategy in place. We don't want to just jump right into development, which a lot of people want to do. You should probably start with like prototyping designs, um, you know, working with a UX UI uh, designer who's going to ask you a ton of questions and, and give some backstory on like research, user demographic, what user groups are going after, how they're supposed to interact with the product. And by asking those questions and really focusing on strategy, we're taking that out of the entrepreneur's brain and actually designing it. So now it's you know, can be developed too. Like that's the most important part is you have to design something that can be handed off to a front end or back end engineer. Yeah, and, and during that process, how are they engaging with you guys? Is it usually on a per project, per milestone type basis? Is it like fractionalizing labor? Like how are they engaging with you when they don't have a team yet or maybe they have a very small team that's totally non-technical? Yeah, I started doing actually fractional like CTO work where I'm realizing that this is such a problem that entrepreneurs have where it's, it's like, let's just start by building your feature set, building your roadmap and getting you something that's that you can build upon, right? Let's start testing out your proof of concept a little bit more. Let's start sifting through these ideas and saying, okay, this is bad, let's leave it on the chopping block and let's, let's keep moving forward with the rest of these. And then from there, I think by incubating and nurturing these founders, we're able to then move them to the actual company where it's like, here's the process of, of how we move. We go design, um, we do iterations, then we do prototypes and then we do development. So I would say it's a lot of strategy. Like you need to be able to think in terms of development sprints, you know, set a structure up. So you're doing maybe two week sprints and then one month feature releases or maybe pushing every two weeks. But that's all I'm helping them strategize in the beginning based on like their dream feature set. And then we'll cut it back on like, what's an MVP? What runway do we have? Um, what team members do you have? And really, when do we need to get this product out? Got it. And, and do you find that a lot of projects, the, I mean, this is kind of an obvious question, but like most projects go over budget and over scope. Cause it's like, Hey, we think we can do this, but it, you know, it actually costs a lot more than you think. How do you determine that balance between like, Hey, we got X amount of dollars and what you're looking for. It probably can't build that. Cause you haven't thought about all the problems ahead. Like how do you navigate that process? Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough one. And I feel like a lot of companies deal with this. Almost every startup deals with this too. Um, it's really about managing expectations. Like uh, I find a lot of times founders would like to push for extra features and stuff like that. And we just have to be realistic. So part of my job is to save sometimes people from themselves. Like let's build this core feature set and get this out and test it. The whole goal is to get something developed and tested first. Then you can make iterations. Um, and very similar to uh, like the lean startup, the book about Enframe. Um, and their founder, like they need to get, they got something out that was just so bad, but they got so much valuable feedback that they were to come back and build iteration two and three and able to kind of nurture their product. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of an important part, right? Because there's a lot of people that go from idea creation down to paper and it, that transfer just doesn't happen the way that they think, right? Like in their mind, they're thinking, this is what it's going to look like. This is how it's going to function. This is mm -hmm. what the visual piece is. And then they build it and they're like, man, that's actually not really what what I had up here. So that knowledge transfer, how, how do you help people with that? Like what, what's that process look like most of the time? Yeah, we do discovery sessions right now. It's a little tougher, but back when we were in the office, um, we had people come to the office and we do just like full day, full day whiteboarding sessions um, that lasted about a week. Right now we're doing it over Zoom into like two one hour sessions. Um, but yeah, we're doing a full discovery where we're asking like leading questions and just able to pull out the ideas, right? We're taking that down and as we're writing this up into kind of like a feature list, I'm asking questions about like, how is this realistic? And as we're getting that, I'm actually writing use cases with the team of like, 
how this would actually work. And if there's anything that doesn't make sense in a use case, my team who's also on the call or listening to the call afterward is, you know, kind of helping me pick it apart. And so by doing that, we're able to be like, this seems like a little bit of an unrealistic feature with the budget and timeline. Let's pull that out. Or we're saying, this is the feature set that you should be focusing on. Let's build more around this concept. And from there, where it's just about pulling out what the entrepreneur is thinking and wants and then helping them from there. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a really good point too, right? Is that the people who go through this process of iteration early on are able to get those kinks out faster, right? It's when you, it's when you have milestones that are super far apart that it's like clunky, right? You go from this one to this one and it's just not quite right. So you have to have those quick iterations. What is the typical project length for the kind of work that you guys do? Is this something that's taking weeks, months, years? What's that look like? Yeah, it's anywhere from like three months to a year. It really depends on complexity. Um, we recommend that MVPs get up in, in about three months, right? You just want to get something out into that marketplace like we talked about, especially because the research you did is probably on that year's market, right? So we want to figure out how can we get that to market quickly, iterate from there, and then we can create a, a roadmap for the whole for the rest of the year after that if we need to. Um, but yeah, it really depends. Like if you have an enterprise product, it, it can take a year or two. It, it really depends on how much complexity you really want and what you think you, your users need. But we, we definitely want to build it around users first. Yeah, and, and so when you go through these projects with different companies, where do you find that most of them get stuck? Like, there is there a common thread like, hey, this part of the process is always an issue. Like, is that a common thing? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, I would say it, it's more on the, um, it's like a weird phase. It's like sometimes you, you founders, this is their baby. It's really hard to, you know, accept help, right? And that's my job. So it's it's more like they want what they would like everything. And sometimes I'm trying to push in their best interest to cut down on that. And so that's why I'm really here to, like I was saying, save founders from themselves sometimes because we want to get something. I, I keep saying it over and over, but we want to get something to market, right? And so. I would say that issue of just wanting the world in the beginning is tough, especially because sometimes when we're comparing competitors, they're comparing themselves who, who maybe just raised 500K or something like that to a product with 20 million in revenue and 200 people on their staff. And so it, it's a little bit of like, let's wait until we build up, let's wait to get you there. But there is a structure, like there is a, a roadmap. So I would say it's really saving the team from themselves sometimes. And, and let me ask you this for uh, the, in the projects that you've worked on, right? I've worked on big projects and small projects. What, what's the preference for you? Do, you? do you like these like small focused, not a lot of scope creep, maybe lower kind of margin, smaller projects? Or do you like like the Goliath ones that are just dragged out? Like what, what's the preference? Ooh, I personally like the longer ones. I like the ones where there's constant iterations though. So we are like, we have V1, this is everything we're gonna hit in V1, we're gonna release it to the public collect feedback OV2. So I like longer roadmaps just because it's fun to be part of a project that we can help get to, to Series A. Like that's the whole goal here. Um, and, and I like to see that uh, on my side that the entrepreneur or their team is invested. Like they're ready to go. They're ready to go for the long haul. Sometimes with the one-off projects, they might come back in a few years, which is great too. But you know, sometimes they go off and they do their thing and that's, that's great as well. But sure, I sure. love being involved in projects that can be built upon. 
Yeah, and, and from your experience so far, what, what makes a, a good project or a good customer over, over all the different things that you've worked on? Like, what makes something successful? I'm sure communication's a big thing, but even yeah. before that, like, how do you decide and evaluate these opportunities? Yeah, someone who's open to feedback. That's like the number one thing here. Um, you, you obviously are very attached, but someone who um, is open to feedback and, and a little bit of like, when somebody raises or a company raises capital, like that shows a level of investment on their part because that's a very hard thing to do. So you're showing, it, it shows that the team, the internal team that we're assisting with is very um, is very structured. They, they have a solid proof of concept and they're doing their due diligence as well. So when they're working full time on this, this isn't a side hustle. I mean, that that's a great, that's insurance to our team. And we, we love that obviously. Um, so I think it's really about somebody who's open to feedback and someone who's doing the work on their end and not just trying to delegate all the work to us because it's just as much development as it is marketing strategy, sales, everything else. Yeah, and how do you see all that blend together, right? You, you kind of brought up a good point, like, hey, there's the marketing strategy, there's the business strategy, there's maybe the investor strategy, right? If, they, if they've taken in that money, plus then there's this whole tech stack. So how do you accommodate for all those different arms in the business? Because at the end of the day, you're really focused on the tech, but like all those other things still matter. They still exist. They're very real. They probably impact projects. So like, how do you manage all those other different facets of the business? Yeah, it is a lot of communication for sure. Uh, like we want to definitely understand what the stakeholders of its investors want. We want to understand what the marketing team is looking for. Sometimes we'll build it, like in line with the marketing strategy um, and things like that. I think it's really about a team. If you can work together where we have our process, which is um, built for success for the client and they have their process, but then we can connect the bridge there and they're not trying to interfere with our process. That's the companies that go that work the best with us. Um, because, you know, we understand the software development lifecycle is something that's very hard to, to master, obviously. That's why otherwise everyone would be doing it. Um, that if someone who lets us do our thing, because we're here to help them, but also has their own infrastructure, and then if we just meet somewhere in the middle. And so it's really great to see teams who are who are doing that. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's the way to do it, right? The communication you talked about, like that top down kind of, hey, we're going to communicate both ways in the front end to marketing, to sales, to investors, to all the team. That That's definitely the most important part of the project. And with you being, if they are a tech company, not, not another company that just needs tech, but an actual tech company, then it's even more important for the deliverable that you have to, to, to be working. So give us a little bit of background. I like to keep most of the episodes fairly short here on the prospecting show, but give us a little bit of background about two things. Number one, your ideal customer. I know you talked about that earlier, but talk about your ideal customer and then how those people can reach you, whatever the best channel is for that. Yeah. Uh, ideal customer is a group or sole founder who's just maybe raised their seed. Maybe they're uh, generating a little bit of revenue. They have some type of product, that, but they need the technical arm. So maybe they have a CTO and they just need us to integrate with them. Um, and someone who yeah, has their own strategy, just needs help on the technical side. The best way to reach us is definitely LinkedIn or through our site, onesevintech.com, or you can just reach out to me, James Sullivan, um, and we're the company's Seven Technology on, on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, someone who's just going through the, who's going through the VC process, fundraise process, or bootstrapped it and is generating revenue on their own. Yeah. So, so for those of you who end up listening to this, there, there's, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, people in here that would love to have a piece of tech and, and, and already have made money in their business, right? They've already developed something. They've, they've scaled it up. And now they're thinking like, Hey, could I make X or could I make Y, right? There's not a good market fit out there and they want to bring it in house. So if, if you're listening to this and you end up 
being one of those people, reach out 17tech.com. Um, James, like you said, James Sullivan on LinkedIn there. There's, if you want, you can reach out to me and I'll put you in contact with James as well. But I think there's a lot of great opportunity there for the people who are kind of growing up uh, and going through that business process um, as we speak. And if you're in an incubator or an accelerator and you're trying to go through that process and looking for a vendor as well, James is definitely your go-to guy for that kind of work. So reach out 17tech.com. Thank you so much for coming on the Prospecting Show and have a great rest of the day.